Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Last night, we had our special on Fauci and the origins of COVID-19. I think it's a pretty open and shut case that Fauci is lying. And Fauci is so unbelievably arrogant. Will anyone stop Dr. Fauci? Is there anyone in the government that is standing up? Yes. Representative Chris Stewart joins us in just 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So yesterday I told you everything we know about the three-hour conversation between Joe Biden and uh, President Xi out of, uh, out of China. It happened on Monday. Doesn't really look particularly good, especially if you're listening to me in Taiwan. There is a computer ship shortage right now that is driving the cost of things like car repairs through the roof. And that's without China having taken over Taiwan yet. If that happens, we're up a certain creek without a paddle. Get ahead of the curve on car repairs for a covered repair. Car Shield is absolutely necessary. They'll handle everything from the mechanic of your choice, provide roadside assistance and a rental car while your car is in the shop and they can save you a buttload of money. I have Car Shield on my older vehicles that don't have warranty. I have uh, Car Shield and they have sa- saved me thousands of dollars, literally thousands of dollars. Car Shield is a win-win. They will help you just like they have helped me get back on track when you're in a pinch and you're not on the hook to pay thousands of dollars. Get coverage today and see why Car Shield cars go further. Visit carshield.com/back. Save 10%. carshield.com/back. Deductible may apply. Welcome to the uh, program, Congressman Chris Stewart. Hi, Chris. How are you, sir? Good morning, Glenn Beck. Good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming on and, uh, and, and, and talking about Fauci. I don't know if you had a chance to see the special we did last night. No, I did not. It turns out, Glenn, they don't broadcast your special on the House floor. I think they should. (laughs) Were you on the House floor last (laughs) night? Yeah. 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 Um, So you are you are pushing through the Fauci Act. What is it? Well, I love the acronym. Someone smarter than I did come up with this fairness and accountability underwriting Chinese institutions. But it's basically (laughs) it's basically uh, it bans the funding of gain of function research in China, which it's clearly important, but it, but it does more than that. It demands accountability for what happens there. It demands honesty, and then this should be blazingly obvious. You should, we should uh, restrict government officials and punish government officials who intentionally mislead Congress, and it's pretty clear that's happened. And so it's just to try to tie these loose ends that, I mean, a, a, a seven-year-old could look at the evidence and draw certain conclusions. Uh, everyone except for appears apparently Dr. Fauci, who when you challenge him on some of the stuff, he thinks you're attacking science and unbelievable. And, uh, and take, yeah. So, so uh, look, so but wait a minute, hang on just a second. How will this help? Because what he did, he a changed the definition of gain of function. I mean, if you're the guy in charge, you can change the definition. He granted waivers to Dr. Barrett. Barrick and Dr. Xi, um, when they stopped the funding, he said, yeah, that, that's right, except for this research. And then when he couldn't directly fund, he 
he went through eco health uh a and basically i think it's more of a money laundering system where they are taking the money from the nih they're giving it to peter drazek uh drazek and then he is taking that money and he's funding the lab and the research in wuhan so fauci could easily say well i didn't i wasn't funding that i was funding I was funding this company and what they do with their money is is their business. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there will always be, you know, people who find ways around the intent of law or or legislation. And unfortunately, that's just true. But this will make it harder. But more than that, Glenn, it shines a light on what you've been trying to do for a long time now. It shines a light uh, and exposes the truth and it exposes the deception. And, and helps the American people to see that at least some members of Congress see this, and at least some members of Congress are trying to fix it. Uh, but, Glenn, I remember going back, uh, it, sitting on the Intel Committee early, early in this process, and having uh, agencies and other, uh, other individuals come to us and, and telling us, yeah, we, we don't think it came from the lab. And, and, and I was so frustrated and angry with Sam. How can you possibly say that? How could you possibly know that already? And, and for you already to, to draw the conclusion that it did not come from the lab when I, again, I think you could show this to a seventh grader and they'd say, well, the evidence seems to indicate otherwise. Common sense seems to indicate otherwise. And it was one of the great deceptions of Dr. Fauci when he uh, scoffed, uh, scoffed at that and, and belittled and ridiculed anyone who would even propose it when we now know that he knew that they were doing this gain-of-function research at the mm-hmm. labs, and he was deceptively presenting that towards American people, and as I said, ridiculing anyone who would even suggest something he knew that was happening. And the evidence of, or the behavior of the Chinese is so obvious. Why in the world did the very first thing they do is go in and destroy these samples? Uh, Other I, than they did not... Chris, you, you have to watch the special last night, because I have, I, I have put together the, the timeline... And Fauci absolutely knew what was going on. The, it, it, it is so clear that it came from this lab and that Fauci then covered it up. You remember all the Fauci emails that came out and they were all redacted? Well, yeah. if you're smart, you just FOIA the people who were on the CC list and hope that theirs wasn't redacted or it was redacted in different places. And then you can piece all of the emails together. Well, that's what we did. And when you see it was it it was in two days, Fauci went from a total panic to meeting with um, a guy from Welcome, which is from England, a really spooky, um, spooky uh, funder of of stuff up until like the 1980s they were still going for eugenics they they disavowed eugenics in the 1980s um and they are the second biggest funder next to the nih and um they get on the phone right away right away and say the, fauci's own email gain of function research and they start talking about what's going on in china we have to find out but it's all off the record we'll talk about it in person they they bring a meeting together and they decide uh, what the uh, what what the story is. And the story is this did not come from a lab. Some of the people that were involved in that were staunchly 
for the lab theory. Say that this is not natural. Well, what do you know? They come out of that meeting and they say, nope, definitely not in a lab and we should discredit anyone. The very next day, they begin to discredit anyone who says it came from a lab. And six months later, those scientists that said they changed their mind, guess who got funding? Millions of dollars in funding. Those guys. I mean, it. Yeah. it, it, it this is a clear cut cover up uh and and fauci is at the center of all of it it's bad glenn i i i couldn't agree with you more and you didn't ask a question in there so i'll i'll respond to say <laughs> i agree with you and i and what you're saying is right if i could make two points if i could yeah for those on the left who deify dr fauci I asked him, why in the world are you doing that to an individual who, is, who has admittedly lied to you again and again and again? And the CDC should not be politicized. They should simply tell the truth. And for example, early in the pandemic, if there aren't enough masks, then don't lie to the American people and say masks don't work. When what you really mean is, hey, we don't want you to wear masks. We need to save them for first responders. And that was the first slide. And then to lie about the origins and then to lie about the funding. And it goes on and on. Why would you deify someone who admittedly lies to you about something important? And the other important point I'd like to make, and it's a sidebar, but, it, but it's, I think, critical to this. And that is the maliciousness of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we were watching Wuhan and they shut that city down hard. You could not air travel from Wuhan to any other Chinese city. You couldn't take a train, a car. You couldn't literally not hike out of the city. They shut down every trail, every dirt road, with one exception, and that is you could fly internationally from Wuhan to Los Angeles to New York to Paris and to London and a number of other cities. And China essentially said, we know this is going to have enormous economic costs. We know it's going to have enormous human costs, and we're not going to suffer alone. We're going to make sure the rest of the world suffers with us, and then we're going to use it to our economic advantage. And, uh, and it, it, part of this effort is to hold China accountable as well, well for their maliciously seeding this virus around the rest of the world. Well, I will tell you, um, in 2018, um, Peter Daszak from uh, EcoHealth, Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrett, uh, Barrick from the United States, all uh, sent a proposal to uh, DARPA, and they proposed doing making humanized mice taking coronaviruses from bat poop and trying to get it into a uh, humanized mouse lung uh, to see if it would kill and then make a vaccine. DARPA said no. DARPA said no, not going to fund it. But they already had funding. And if you look at something that was published in 2020 by Wuhan, it's that experiment, and that experiment was done in Wuhan by these people in the summer of 2019. Then, in September, you have the Wuhan uh, data bank being shut down. Uh, on September 12th, you have um, security called in, and they beef up security and lock the place down. The next day, they uh, call out for uh, bids and uh, for an emergency um, air handling system. They need to change out all the air handling. Then, uh, two weeks after that, 
They order uh, an air incinerator. Uh, and then you have three researchers in one hospital. We have all the Chinese documents in Chinese, in Chinese and translated. You have three people that were working in that lab going for COVID-like symptoms in one hospital. And in October, we have the records of 10 different hospitals in Wuhan and all of them. 10 hospitals had COVID-like uh, symptoms, and they were treating people who were dying of COVID in October. And the same time, they do nothing. China allows the games, the, the World War games, to go on in Wuhan, and they were checking the temperature of everyone who got off and on a plane in October. Yeah. Chris. Well, Glenn, the research you've done on this is just a beautiful thing. Uh, thank you for doing it. I mean, you've said things that I, I don't know anyone else in the country has said, and it wasn't easy for you to get this information. Thank you for doing it. The Fauci Act will help you and others, as it does require greater transparency. And But more importantly, it forbids us from ever doing anything like this again. Um, you know, but you Chris, we, you have, we have to, I mean... Th- First of all, I don't know. Can you get this through with the Democrats in charge? Uh, well, it turns out that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, I figure. Usually, I figure. And I, and I don't really understand that, Glenn. I mean, I don't why either. in the world would the Democrats not say, hey, China was malicious in this. We should hold them accountable. And if any U.S. persons or U.S. organizations were complicit in it, we should hold them accountable. Because, why is that a partisan issue to take? Because of what is you know we all know is the deep state fauci is part of that he does what he wants to do no matter what the law is no matter what the president says he just goes around it we we have to we have to root out all of these actors who just do whatever they want no matter what you guys say well and and what it comes down to as well is does anyone think that this administration is serious about holding china accountable does anyone think this administration or that china president xi is intimidated or fearful of this president no and there's a reason why he's not and uh, and i think that's a partial explanation as well as to why our democratic colleagues in the house are not going to be helpful on this. Chris, but, you, you, the good news is we're we're going to take the we're going to take the House and Senate in two years. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, in a year we're going to, and then we will do this work that they won't allow us to do right now. Chris, you you are so good on foreign affairs. Um, President Z, uh, President Xi, and uh, President Biden had a three-hour meeting. The reports from China says that uh, President Xi said. You're messing with fire with Taiwan and you will get burned. Um, the again, the news reports from China say that uh, uh, Biden just wanted to talk about global warming and he said he won't mess with uh, Taiwan and uh, China. I don't know if I believe that, but I don't know what to believe anymore. Have you heard anything yeah. on this? Well, I think our readout is different than theirs. There's no question about it. And that's why they put their readout first. But I will say this, too. I don't believe for a second this is a three and a half hour meeting unless it included nap time. Uh, (laughs) I mean, this president, I just don't think anyone engages for that that amount of time. But if you don't think those conversations took place, take a look at the conversations that took place up up in Alaska, where the Chinese uh, embassies or ambassadors came and just berated 
uh, our Secretary of State and others in a very public way, in a way that we've never seen before. And then ask yourself, do you not think the same thing happened in this conversation? Because once again, President Xi is not intimidated by this administration. No. Chris, thank you for everything you guys are doing. Thank you for being one of the people that, it, that are, you're actually standing up for the regular person. I'd like to send you all this research so you have it, um, because I think that will help you uh, on the floor of the House with the Fauci Act. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Glenn. I'll look forward to that. You got it. Uh, Congressman Chris Stewart, uh, and please call your congressman and tell them you want passage of the Fauci Act, which will hold people accountable for what they do in uh, China. We are in a fight to uh, save our children's uh, future and, quite honestly, our souls. It may seem like we're overstating things when you say, oh, we're saving souls. No, I'm telling you, we're saving our own souls. If we lose the freedom of future generations on our watch, we have lost our soul. We have. Now, what are your kids reading? There is nothing more important than the Tuttle Twins book. They should be in every single library of every house. These books are based on classic essays and books that we've all heard of. Things like I Pencil, Human Action, Crisis, Leviathan. How many of those have you read? These are the things that put this nation together. And we have to understand them, and our kids have to understand them. Well, the Tuttle Twins books will educate and entertain at the same time at many different levels, starting very young. So get early access to the special Tuttle Twins Black Friday deal. It's the best deal they've ever offered. It is 75% off all of the kids' books for all the ages, activity books, audio books, guidebooks, parent guides, 75% off. This should be your first stop for Christmas. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, let me, uh, let me go to Jeff in Indiana. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, First of all, I just want to say I appreciate you and all you do. Thank you. I don't always 100% agree with you, but that's what life is about. That and is America, man. Thank you. I can I can promise you not 100% of the people agree with me either. So. <laughs> but uh, uh, the research and the connecting of the dots last night was absolutely amazing. And I would like to a big hat tip to Steve Deese. Uh, the follow-up program was amazing. That yeah. really really brought a lot of important things out. Um, We're trying to, uh, my wife and I are trying to get people to listen, which is difficult. You know that as well. I know. My my concern is uh, some of the other things have been addressed that I I wanted to ask and talk about, but the freedoms lost. And you yourself have said, you know, when freedoms are lost, it's hard to regain them. And how do we do that? And your commercial just prior about the kids and the kids need to know well if they're forced to be vaccinated for this they've lost their bodily freedom um it's not going to happen i i i honestly think you know there are uh, 90 percent of americans i talked to a guy who is 
from Hollywood. He's a liberal. And he said, I have the vaccines. My teenagers have had the vaccine uh, and I have no problem with that. I don't like that it's mandated, but I think it's the right thing for the country. And I said, and the kids? And he said, oh, I will fight you to the death if you make my my little kids have it. I think when you are talking about uh, something that has a uh, is healthier for kids to get than the flu and you're forcing the vaccine on them, I think people are going to rise up and say, no way, no way. I also don't think that the uh, court system is going to allow this vaccine mandate to stand. Uh, It uh, looks like it's falling apart quickly, quickly. It's unconstitutional. More in just a second. So I've talked to you about RecTech for a while with its smart grill technology. And I have to tell you, um, I really would never recommend a product that I don't use and I don't believe in myself. I I just I'm not a good enough liar for that. Um, But uh, a RecTech is a that's a that's an important thing. If you like to cook out that that's something that you'll buy and you'll have. Well, a RecTech you'll have forever. And I want to make sure that, you know, this, I believe every word of what I tell you about Rectech because I have one and we use it all the time, all the time, probably three nights a week at least. Rectech, they're having their Black Friday sale right now. You can save up to $415. You can get your grill for the holidays, free shipping on all pellet grills, and a savings of $415. Go to Rectech.com, Rectech with a Q at the end, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com, Rectech.com, smart grill technology that'll make you the best cook you've ever been. The whole special and now the follow-up as well is available at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Fauci lied to save 25 bucks off your subscription. Right, right, right. Hello and uh, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Um, there was a story that came out earlier this week um, about a, a guy who's a single co-parent father, two boys, third and fifth grade students at the same school district that he was working for. He was uh, working at the Northern York County School District. He was a high school social studies and civics teacher. He had been there for 10 years. He's an alumni of the school, graduated in 2001. His focus for instruction has been teaching honors, government, and economics. So I'm going to let you tell, I'm going to let him tell you why, why, and what he did that made the school district want to fire him. His name is Kurt Gladfelter. Uh, his attorney is also on the phone. It's Jeffrey Schott. Uh, and I welcome both of you uh, to the program. Hi, Kurt. How are you? Good, Glenn. How are you? Very good. So you are, you are teaching government. You're teaching yeah. civics. And what yeah. do you do and why? Well, 
when Governor Wolf announced that the uh, that he was going to put another mask mate mask mandate for public school uh, employees and students, um, I indicated that I was unwilling to comply with such a mandate for a multitude of reasons. Um, and through a, a chain of events that really kind of began at the end of September before Labor Day um, break, uh, we got to the point that now the school district wants to uh, terminate me for their perception that I am violating the mask mandate. However, I am in compliance with the uh, mask mandate. Okay. Then let me have your attorney explain what are they going for here, uh, Jeffrey? What what what's how how is this how is this working? <laughs> yes, well, it, just as a matter of background, over the summer, a lot of school districts, including Northern York, where Kurt works, passed resolutions making masks optional. That um, this was apparently overridden by the acting state health secretary's order requiring masks. However, but that order. Um, contained a really broad exception for people who state they have a medical condition that precludes the wearing of masks. Um, it doesn't require a doctor's note. It doesn't require anything else in the order itself. And, uh, and Kurt did exactly this. So he was actually in compliance with the order. And all the charges against him that they are trying to fire him for stem from his alleged violation of this order. So you said that you had a medical reason, Kurt? I, I had medical, mental, emotional reasons. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for why I'm doing what I'm doing. But mm -hmm. the exception order itself, uh, the one that we originally filled out that was sent out by our school board, um, did not require you to list in detail what the reason was. It was just that you were claiming an exception or an exemption from the mandate order and that the school district would allow that if you signed it and turned it in, whether you were a student or a teacher, which I did. Uh, that did not last very long, though. Um, that was their initial policy. After uh, a week or so, our board, and uh, I should say really our administration, because our board did not vote on this, reverted to um, a policy that was more strict than the verbiage of the mandate order itself and then required teachers and students to get uh, medical documentation, pretty strict medical documentation. Uh, and for teachers, it was uh, a disability under the American Disabilities Act. So um, that is what was needed uh, from the point on to uh, be exempted this from. This unbelievable mandate yeah, this is unbelievable okay so you're placed then on permanent suspension and the yeah. district is now taking steps to terminate your employee because you refuse to comply with the mandate right after after speaking at school board meetings talking to administrators trying to get other teachers to kind of unite to fight back against this um i got to the point where those were not working and on october uh, 20th, which was a Wednesday morning. That was the day I decided that I was not going to wear that mask anymore. Uh, about halfway through the day, um, I was uh, approached by a uh, principal and some administrators that, um, that I was going to be paid put on unpaid suspension for two days. Um, then I was instructed to show up Monday morning, October 25th, to conduct a Loudermill meeting, which I, you know, informed them that I was in compliance with 
the school's policy that they voted on twice. Our school board voted twice to allow masks optional um, in June and of August of last year. And I said I was in compliance with the school board policy. You uh, making the decision to move ahead to terminate me based off of an invalid, unconstitutional mask mandate coming from the Pennsylvania Department of Health uh, secretary um, is quite frankly ridiculous. And I, I couldn't understand why they were doing what they were doing. There's no reason for them to uh, enforce the mandate more uh, in a more strict way than what's actually on the, the paper in itself. And we have other school districts in York County of Pennsylvania who are not doing it. They are still allowing the the general exception to the, the mandate order for students and teachers. And I just want them to, to, to go back to do that so I can go back to doing my job and teaching kids. So what did the school board say? Did they weigh in on this? They have weighed in um, several times. And, you know, I don't want to vilify uh-huh. them, but I, I feel like they're making decisions based off of fear uh, now when they made decisions based off of uh, reason and rationality earlier in the year. We had a full-throated debate in our community about this. Uh, what what do parents want when their students came back to school in August? And they filled out, um, you know, uh, a, a poll that asked, and it was 90% that you know parents did not want the mandate, uh, the mask mandate, to be. Uh, uh, they wanted to keep it optional, right? Um, and and so they they made the correct decision uh, initially, and then you know Wolf gets on his high horse, and 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 after expressing several times over the summer that he would not uh, implement a new mask mandate for public school. Uh, the students this year, he went ahead and did that. And and Glenn, if you could have seen the deflation on my students' faces when that was announced in my classroom that day, it it was it was you know gut wrenching. I felt horrible for them. Most of my students are eleventh grade students. They have not had a normal high school year yet. These are young teenage kids who want to enjoy their youth. And they're just simply unable to do it. You know, their, their ninth grade year was cut short. Our district dismissed earlier because of coronavirus. Last year was a horrible experience for students. We did some hybrid system that was virtual, you know, two days in school, two days out. And yep. it was a terrible experience. And I just, I, 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 it was enough was enough. You know, I gave you last year, I understood people were scared, but you can't let fear govern your actions for the rest of your life. So, um, so let me yeah, ask Jeffrey, what yeah. is the path to victory here? Um, well, the, the next step is going to be a public hearing of the school board. Now, I don't know in COVID age what that public hearing is going to look like. Um, and the school board is well, going to You guys got to move to Texas, on. man. You got to move to Texas. We're open for business here and we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Don't tell my wife that. She may take you up on Yeah, yeah, well, she should. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the school board is, is going to, in the end, have to take a vote on whether to uphold the, the termination um, and the charges or not. Um, so something else in the meantime that has happened, which makes this especially interesting, is the Commonwealth Court, which is in Pennsylvania, just below the state Supreme Court, um, did hold that the acting health secretary, in issuing the order in the first place, um, was acting without the authority to, to issue the order. Um, so, the, so the current state of the law is that the order that forms the whole basis for this itself 
um, was was void because it was uh, without authority. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah. It was my position the whole time. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, which was what what was my position the whole time? You know, before it was just like, oh, this social studies teacher is making this statement. Now I have you know four just judges on a Commonwealth panel backing my argument exactly. Yeah, well, I think all of these uh, mandates are going to fall in the court system. I mean, they're they're clearly clearly uh not constitutional um uh, kurt i i know there is a um a give send go page to uh to help while you're on unpaid suspension uh and i imagine uh your attorney fees are not going to be cheap uh if you would like to help go to give send go and uh just look for a teacher in pennsylvania fights for liberty um, and uh, the, and help him pay his attorney fees and also uh, be able to last while he is out on unpaid suspension. Give, send, go. Teacher in Pennsylvania fights for liberty. Thanks, guys. Please keep me up to date. And, f- and when you when you find out and anything is moving in either direction, please let us know, will you? Certainly. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank thanks. You. you bet, Kurt. Thank, thank you, you very class. much. Back in a minute. Our online world gets bigger and more obtrusive in our lives every day. Cybercrime is real and it's here to stay. And the people who commit it only seem to get more and more sophisticated in their techniques. So whether you realize it or not, you have a lot to lose. Your identity, your money, your credibility. It's really important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats. Nobody can monitor everything or catch everything, but when they see something, they'll send you an alert. Plus, if something slips through, you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist should you become a victim. It's LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK, 25% off. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Shane in Ohio, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, Glenn and Stu. How are you? Very good. How are you, sir? Good. Been with you guys from the beginning. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, in October of last year, I uh, and my co-author published a book called COVID Operation. And your special... Uh, the research that you've done coincides very closely to the research that we have done. Mm. And um, there were some things that our book didn't have that you had. And there are some things that, uh, that, uh, you know, you had that we didn't have. Right. Yeah. What what were we missing? uh, Well, one of the things was with regard to your conversation with Senator Rand Paul, when we, when you were talking about, where is the money going from these patents? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would refer to the Bayh-Dole Act of 1980. And that is basically uh, an act that allowed federal employees to receive money personally from patents that they jointly worked with pharma companies to create drugs on. And there's been a lot of criticism of this act because uh, I think personally it's horrible. 
Uh, yeah, but, you know, we obtained for our book a list of the patents of the NIH and uh, everything that uh, involves Fauci and the patents, and it's quite extensive. Mm. From, you know, everything that he's been involved in, and it goes back many years. I mean, it's not just with the COVID thing. You know, there's there's history where Fauci has screwed up things with the HIV AIDS situation. Uh, I mean, it's his history is absolutely horrible. So, well, it it um, it's it, it has crossed my mind in the past, even hearing that he's the highest paid guy uh, in all of government. You know, that's not saying a lot for a doctor who has his experience. You would think that at some point he would give up that role and go into the private business, you know, or private industry because he would have a lot of credibility. He'd be worth a lot more outside of the government, you would think. But once you understand the patent thing, and if indeed he is making money off of all of these patents, uh really you probably don't make more money out in the private sector because you can direct the funds well and he claims that he donates the money he receives from patents to charity but there's no way to prove that and there's no evidence of that Mm. so shane i i appreciate it thank you so much for watching last night thanks for filling us in uh let me go to janet also in ohio hello janet Hi, Glenn. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, two, two quick questions. Um, one, you, um, we certainly appreciated your special last night. Um, talking about President Trump, you kind of briefly mentioned him and his advisors. Um, if you could maybe expound on that a little bit. And, um, like, did he just get thrown under the bus? Um, and... I, I guess I, I feel, you know, I guess personally, I mean, I'm a retired pharmacist, so I um, he just didn't seem to. I think if you can address that. Yeah. OK, so why don't you hang on with me and I'll uh, let's see if I can answer some of your questions. Um, this is my feeling um, and I, I haven't gone deeply uh, into Trump. I have talked to two people and to Trump about all of this. Um, and what I'm being told was it was such a hectic time that the communication lines, uh, were not going to the president on absolutely everything that is, uh, that could be taken two ways. We didn't inform him, uh, or it's true that it was too quick. I don't know which one uh, to believe, quite honestly, but I don't think Trump had any idea about Fauci. Uh, I just I just he would have he would have exploded uh, if he knew all that was going on in China and with Fauci. But there's more to this story, and I want to talk to you about it next. This is the Glenn Beck Program.